we are back from Thanksgiving weekend. I hope everyone's limbs are still intact and brains haven't gone into a puddle or any relationships haven't been severed in your family now that we've returned. I'm your host, Mallory Porter, and this is Bitch Prince, the podcast for self-care for the career-driven woman specifically, whether you are in the art field, the finance field, I don't care. We're all hardworking women who make that money and deserve a little self-care to make sure that we're set up to be our best selves so that we can own the world. Now that we're back from Thanksgiving, we're all getting back into work mode, or most of us that had those four days off that we get every year. And pulling ourselves back into work mode is a lot harder in 2020. I haven't taken much PTO because I didn't want to waste it, might as well save it up for when I can actually use it to travel again one magical day. But those four days off that we didn't even have to take PTO and hopefully got some time to ourselves, hopefully we weren't bombarded with any negativity from our families or any family drama, hopefully we spent those four days reading a little bit as self-care check the last episode instead of just staring at screens and took some time for ourselves. Downtime is rare to get and we actually got some downtime that we didn't have to take PTO for. So I hope everyone spent a little bit of time with themselves and taking care of themselves. Now that we are back though, it's time to switch our gears, start working again. There's a lot of memes and jokes running around that once Thanksgiving hits, pretty much no one works to the end of the year. And I'm, it's not, it's just not true for me <laughs> or for anyone at my company. The week, like the three days before Thanksgiving, yeah, no. And then the three days that are going to be before Christmas, yeah, no. No one gives a shit. But that time in between, people are hustling. And even though they don't want to start something big and new, they want to get a lot of stuff done so that they know that they can just totally exit <laughs> and remove their brains from work when it is the week of the holidays. So uh, this time is like no new stuff, but at least where I work, it's rushing. My mom works at a surgery center as a high-level uh, admin assistant, and it's in a very nice city. So I know that she always jokes that they aren't allowed to take any time off during the holidays, especially just December. So everyone usually takes off in like end of January, beginning of February, because so many people are coming in for the holidays. They do different surgeries for serious injuries and things like that as you know, as well, but they also do plastic surgery. And so lots of people get boobies for Christmas. <laughs> so my mom's work literally can't take off for the holidays. So some of us are very, very busy in between Thanksgiving and the Christmas time off. I'm sure we're all thinking about gifts and things like that. And how am I going to manage another holiday without my family? And how am I going to send presents since I can't give them? And can I just not send presents? <laughs> you don't have to send presents. I'm giving you permission. But I want to help you kind of get back into work mode because it's, it's hard. And especially this year when you've had probably this nice four-day break and you're like, oh my God, I have to keep working. Aren't we just saying, can we just call 2020 quits and just not do anything from the rest of the year and just like give everyone self-care time off for mental health and just take a break? But in reality, that's just, it's not gonna happen and we know it's not gonna happen. So I wanna make sure that we're still keeping ourselves professional and taking care of ourselves. And the only thing that's honestly going to stress you out more than working right now and getting back into that mode is if you don't get back into that mode and then you still have to do the work. <laughs> so sometimes practicing self-care is setting yourself up to do your best work. And it's not always easy because I know, especially as someone that works from home, it's really easy to wear sweatpants every day. I usually get dressed every day because it makes me, I love clothes first of all, <laughs> but it also makes me feel a little bit more myself and more professional, but not everyone has that case or some people are forced to wear real pants every day because you're wearing a mask and going into an office still or some kind of establishment because you're a an essential worker. So we don't all have that luxury, but 
whether you are an essential worker and working at your own shop, maybe working in a studio, any kind of public space, or if you're in a corporate office or if you're at home, we still need to try to set ourselves up. It's so to be professional because it's so easy between now and Christmas. I would say Hanukkah if you're Jewish, but no one gets fucking time off for Hanukkah. I'm not bitter, but between the holidays when everyone gets time off because apparently we want to act like we're only a Christian nation when we're not, we're a melting pot and there's other religions and freedom of religion as part of America, not everyone being Christian. It's more American to like every religion. I digress. As a Jewish person though, I still celebrate Christmas because my dad's side is Catholic, so I've always grown up with kind of both sides. So I celebrate everything, but I, just like everyone else, I only get Christmas off. And it's really difficult between this limbo time, not to mention when we're quarantined and already stressed and just want this year to end, to just feel like, like, can I just give up? Can I just stop? Can I just give like half-ass or less than half-ass of my work? Can we all just agree to not give a fuck? And that's just, it's not going to happen. We're still going to have to work. We're still going to have to perform. And if you have an end of the year review coming up, don't fucking slack off now and screw yourself over. So how can we practice self-care by putting our best foot forward to still for the last month and a half of this year, do our best at work and make sure that we have prepared ourselves to be able to do our best work without adding more stress to our plates. We had a few days off and it's only going to put more pressure and stress on our brains if we're just like, no, I'm done. I don't want to do anything. And then every single time you have to do something, you have to put on your clothes, you have to give a presentation, you have to write some kind of memo or something along those lines or create something that you have to present, I don't know. But every time we do have to put forth an extra level of work or even a regular level of work, if we are in the mindset of saying, no, I'm done, that's my self-care, that I'm just done and I can't take it, then every time you're gonna have to do something because it's your job and it's required of you, it's gonna just chip away at you. Unlike even normal, it's just gonna just chip and crack you and you're just gonna feel more worn out than you would have if you would have just gone in with the mindset of like, let's just charge through the rest of this year and then I'll have another little Christmas, New Year's break. So we need to prepare and we need to make sure as a form of self-care, that we aren't just gonna pretend like crossing our arms and saying, I can't do this, I can't, I can't, I can't, and I'm done, and let's just all make a joke about it at work about how we're so fucking done and we just aren't gonna do it anymore. It can be fun until it becomes like your actual day-to-day mindset and work still piles on your desk and then you are left to just lift yourself up each time to actually put forth the effort to get that stuff done. If we know in our head that shit still has to get done, it's going to make the weight of it way less. So hear me out here. If we're working remote, especially, which more people do work remote during the holidays, it gets even harder to really get that motivation. Maybe no one's watching you. Maybe you're at a corporate office and you see other people slacking. How do we still become our most professional self though if we are working remote? Well, first off, I just wanna validate and say whatever time you need to take to make yourself feel prepared for your job, especially if you're working remote and so it might take a little extra setup because it's all on you, there's no IT department down the hall, take that time. My brother is super smart, (laughs) he's an engineer and he is a super organized person and he needs things done a certain way. And for him, when he first started his more high level job years ago, he felt really bad wasting company time organizing his thoughts at the end of the day, organizing his desktop, his actual desk, his notes, his documents, all kinds of things. At the end of the day, he was taking 30 minutes to an hour to literally organize everything and put everything in its place, whether it was physically in place or, you know, obviously in folders on his computer. 
And he at first really was like, I feel bad. I'm wasting company time. And I had to reassure him. And I want to reassure you, it's not wasting company time. It's part of your work to set yourself up to do the best work. And honestly, it's easier to do that when you work from home because it is your environment. It's a lot of times harder to do that and you have to carve out more time when you work in some kind of public or corporate environment where other people are around you because throughout the day, people are coming by your desk and bugging you and poking you and asking for things and then they see your face and they're like, oh, I'm gonna make you do something or oh, I just remembered I wanted to talk to you and ask you to do something. And so you do get a lot more work on your plate sometimes when you work in a corporate office. Don't get me wrong, I still hear that freaking Slack notification that haunts me in my dreams because I get slacked all the time. Not saying that my coworkers can't. I love my my coworkers. Reach out to me. I'm here to help. I'm here for you. We're a team. Yes. But in the reality, you know, when you're working and you get interrupted because you're not someone that's sitting there at home twiddling your thumbs, you're like, oh God. The Slack sound, no, I'm busy, please leave me alone. Just email me, I'll get to it. <laughs> I don't want to talk to anyone, even if it's just typing over chat. But you've got to set yourself up to do your best work, whether you're remote or in a corporate office or in some kind of space, physical space, because and it's not wasting any time. It's not wasting your time as an artist because you're not creating, you're organizing. It's not wasting your company's money or time because you are a person and you are a human and you need tools and equipment and environment and layout and space to do your best work and create your best work and to be in your best mindset. And so it's worth everyone's time, including your company's and including your own, to make sure that you are organized and prepared to be your most professional self. How are we going to start that? <laughs> First and foremost, the way you're going to start being your most professional self is to get your freaking digital tools and equipment under control. This is especially important for anyone who works from home, any of my artist friends, any of my creators, designers, and you know, just anyone who works remote or in their own space. And so you don't just walk into an office and IT is there to talk to or hand you what tools you need. You need to make sure you have the right digital tools and equipment. So that can be anything from your setup, which if you wanna learn more about general organization working from home, check out season one, workspace, art space, play space, bar space. And I go into huge detail with that there. But of course you need to think of things like, what should the company be providing me? What do I need to go to the store and get? Cause that's on me. Do I need an expensive digital tool like Adobe and some kind of Adobe Creative Suite program? Do I need a headset? Do I like talking on phones better that way? How do I sound the best? Do I sound the best when I'm giving a presentation or in a meeting and I'm talking through my laptop microphone or if I dial in? You need to set yourself up properly to handle meetings, presentations, creating your work, doing your work, making sure you've got the digital tools and the equipment that's gonna set you up right so that when you sit down at your desk, you aren't like, oh God, I'm missing this or I'm missing that or oh, oh no, I need to dial into this meeting. Oh shit, they don't have a dial in. I guess I'll talk with my laptop even though it'll sound like shit. <laughs> you need to set yourself up to be professional. And some of you might be thinking, well, I don't know if I wanna ask my company to provide Adobe Suite for me. If they want you to do the right work and you need that for your work, then it is professional to go to them and ask. You're not a child asking your parent for a toy. You are a professional person who needs the right tools and equipment to get your job done right. And if you know what you need, that actually looks more professional. And if there is something as crucial as a proper phone that you've used from home or Adobe Creative Suite or any kind of tool, if your company has pushback on, no, we're not gonna get you that, then um, then I can't do my job, you know? I, you know, that's simple. So you need to identify the tools and equipment that you need to do your job 100% 
and that are absolutely required that your company can provide and make sure that they're set up correctly so that you not only can sound the best during meetings and produce your best work, but just in general, show up as your best professional self. Once you're all set up, the most important part of making sure that you are being professional and your most professional self is within meetings. And this is especially important now that the majority of us are working from home that weren't working from home before, which means a whole lot more technology, a whole lot more that can go wrong or look bad or sound bad. So first and foremost, when we talk about being in a meeting, you really, really do need to discuss and ask your team if you sound okay for other meetings that are outside of your team or with clients. Make sure that you are talking from a device where people can actually hear you clearly, where you don't sound like you're 50 million miles away or the internet's not cutting you out or that it's not all obnoxious like white noisy, which sometimes happens with headsets. I know a lot of people really like like talking with headsets on meetings, but I always say if you don't have to, don't, because they go wrong more than anything else. More than any other tool, they always seem to be the ones that go wrong. They either make you sound too quiet or you cut out all the time. It's just a mess. I think I've seen the most issues from headsets. So if you can get a phone from your company, or something like that, or use your phone. I know that's not ideal, but that's honestly what I do. I prefer dialing in with my phone than even using my laptop because I know I'm gonna sound clear and normal and not have an issue. Even if the internet goes wonky or something, my phone will be fine and not mess me up like my laptop would. So make sure people can hear you because it's just so awkward working remote when people can't hear you and you have to pause and yell. It's no fun. Working remote, a lot of people have needed to learn a little bit about video etiquette. Shockingly, some people still don't seem to understand the risk of video and that people can see you and to please wear pants and don't get up from your chair if you're not wearing pants. <laughs> but with video chat comes kind of a new form of etiquette and that etiquette is to video chat or not to video chat. I am a permanently remote person. And so for me, I always explain that my laptop is on a dock and it's like on this bottom shelf that I have it sitting on because I always use my two monitors. I have two monitors from my company. And so when people want to video chat, I'll always ask them, you know, do you mind if I not? Because if it's a one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes they're like, please, will you video chat with me? I want to see someone's face. And then I'm like, sure. And I, you know, bend down and pull the laptop off my docking station. But most of the time they're like, no, I don't care, especially if it's in a large group. You know, half might do video, half might not. But that's always really etiquette 101 now is with video chat. Are we doing it? Are we not? Don't just assume. Some people always like to use it and some people never. I'm the never, even though I'm pretty much always dressed every day and look presentable. I just don't want people staring at my face like that and it's just obnoxious, but it, for me it really more is I don't want to take my laptop off my docking station. I have sometimes maybe one or two meetings, but some days I'll have six to eight meetings and I'm not just going to keep undocking my laptop while I'm trying to work because I have my two monitors and I'm going to be using my two monitors to work, so it's a pain in the ass to have to video chat for me but make sure that you know the guidelines and the etiquette and the expectations of who you work for or what client you have of if they want to video chat or not because it is kind of an unspoken etiquette now kind of like entering someone's home or something and my biggest rule for any form of etiquette is two things one is to ask you know always ask if you have a specific preference just ask what everyone else prefers. And most of the time people will want the more casual option, AKA not video, and you'll be safe and you don't have to put on your video or figure that out. But my second tip for any kind of etiquette is mirror who's leading. So match whatever the, I guess, host is doing. In basic etiquette, that's of course, if you go to someone's home, 
match their etiquette. If they're not wearing shoes, take your shoes off probably because they probably don't want shoes in their home. Maybe they feel too awkward to tell you that, but you also don't want to feel embarrassed yourself walking around with shoes when secretly it's like nails on a chalkboard to them. So I always say like mimic those around you and that's the best form of etiquette. I mean, just be self-aware for goodness sake. And that should be easier, easy with video chat because the self-aware is is literally binary. It's yes or no. Are they using video chat or are they not? It's not that complicated. And if they are and you really don't, then and you don't know them that well, then ask. I also, if I'm doing a presentation, I never use video chat. So that's really helpful if you have clients. If I'm gonna be putting up a deck or some kind of visual, I'm not gonna bother to put on my camera and then switch back and forth. And again, since I have my two monitors, I wanna be seeing what's happening on my two monitors, not my laptop switching back and forth or something obnoxious like that. So usually if you're giving a presentation, it's professional and safe, no matter who you're presenting to, to not put your video cam on because you're gonna be presenting a visual, that's the visual. But to put forth your best professional self, again, just see what everyone else is doing. If everyone's using their video and you don't know them that well, just simply ask, but don't feel like you have to either unless they say, yes, please turn on your video. And then just do it, make the, make the extra effort, but better to ask than to just not do it at all and annoy someone because a lot of times people have opinions. And sometimes that opinion might be, oh good, I don't have to use my video either. Perfect. <laughs> so if you want to put forth your best professional self working virtually or working with people who are virtual when they didn't used to be, just put those guidelines around video chat. And hey, it's not necessarily my place, but I say don't force anyone to do video that doesn't want to. I know it's hard. I know we want to see faces and I know there's not a lot of communication. But unless you're doing an actual interview, if someone doesn't turn their video cam on and yours is, don't berate them or tease them or be like, turn that on, I wanna see your face. Like maybe they weren't dressed as professionally that day. You don't know what their work environment is. So as with anything, if the shoe's on the other foot, be empathetic about it and don't force people to do a video chat if they're not comfortable. It, video doesn't mean professional. It's just how we handle the tool. When it comes to dressing, I've touched on this in that previous episode I mentioned, but you know, I know that people are like, I'm working remote, I never get to work remote, and I love it, and I just wanna be comfy, and I hear you, but I still say, you do your job a little better and you act a little more professional when you aren't in a stained sweatshirt or pullover and nasty yoga pants or leggings every day. Even if it's just putting on a cute shirt over your leggings or putting on like mascara, not full face makeup, gross. You're working your remote, you don't need to do that. <laughs> or just doing your hair or making sure like your hair's clean or up in a pony or something. It just feels good to feel good about yourself and you're gonna feel better about yourself and you're gonna feel more presentable if you were to see someone if you aren't just like looking like you rolled out of bed. And I know some people might groan at that because they love the freedom of being able to be 110% comfy. But I just like to say, keep in mind, if you're not a hands-on person with your work, you're not doing physical work or some type of artistic work where you work with mediums where you're messy, you don't really have an excuse to look like a goblin every day. <laughs> If you're working with paints, yeah, look like a goblin. You're freaking painting. Like, you don't want to get paint on your nice clothes. But if you are in a more tech-savvy, more desk job, and you're not using your hands, you're not doing physical labor, and you're not working with messy materials, then you really have no excuse to look like a goblin every single day. And I think looking like a half-human, at least, every day is good for your mental health anyway, especially depression. But it really is really a good way to put your best professional foot forward, even if you're working remote. Even if, you know, it's gotten a little lax at your work with dress code, still just try to do one, at least one thing a day, whether it is your hair or a nice shirt or something like that. Just one thing needs to be like on par a day. Because if someone does 
bombard you with, I want a video chat, then you won't be like, holy shit, I don't have makeup on, I haven't showered in two days, and this t-shirt, I have don't have a bra on. <laughs> you don't wanna be caught in that situation because I almost did once and that is more stressful and it's not worth it. Even if it's a coworker that doesn't really care if you're messy, you don't wanna show up looking haggard and for me, I don't wanna not have a bra on in front of people that I would normally always have a bra on. There is a boundary, you guys. And the boundary is if you work professionally with people, don't have your titties flopping around. It's just not appropriate. It's just not, it's just not appropriate. And I mean, of course there are shirts that are fine without them and with pasties. You know what I mean, you know what I mean. And so just be appropriate. Be, just because you are at home doesn't mean that your coworkers should like see you as a goblin at home. That is not what that means. So <laughs> that should still be your private life. I know work has maybe entered the home, but it should still be private. It, dressing like a goblin still should be a private home activity, not a work activity. And so don't screw yourself over where you're dressed like a goblin and haven't sh showered in two days and someone wants to video chat. And then you're screwed because you're either going to be in a rush and stressed to try to put some, yourself together a little bit or you're going to make a fool of yourself. No, it, just don't do that to yourself. You're going to make yourself anxious for no reason. I know it's not always fun to do that first thing in the morning, but just put on a top that is appropriate and comfy and just make sure that you don't look like a trash person. And for me right now, I am literally wearing comfy like yoga biking shorts from American Eagle so if I needed to answer the door I have suitable pants on I wouldn't like go to work in these pants but I've got a pullover sweater that is like clean and cute and it's from Everlane so like it doesn't look disgusting like it's a nice pullover and I don't have makeup on and my hair wasn't terrible today but it wasn't great and I wasn't gonna like do my hair so I just put a headband in it so if someone was like, hey, jump on a call, I really want a video, I obviously don't look like my best self, but I look okay and I still look professional and I wouldn't be embarrassed or worried or anything like that and feeling anxious and just like a fool afterwards. So it's not like you have to dress up for a ball or even dress up for normal work, but you will feel your most professional and save yourself so much stress if you just are a little prepared each day, just in case there's a video chat. And I just know that I do my better work when I'm at least dressed like a half human. If I'm just in sloppy clothes, I'm gonna have a sloppy mindset. And when you're doing work, you need to still have that professional mindset of like, this is gonna be in front of people, whether it's an audience or your boss or some high level person in corporate land, eventually it's gonna be in front of someone. And so think of it that way. And I just don't think that people put their best work out there when they don't look necessarily, like when they just aren't looking the best and they're creating this work not in the best mindset. So put yourself in a good mindset. You don't have to put on real pants, but at least put on a clean shirt and make sure your hair and face doesn't look like you've been camping in a tent for three days. <laughs> Another hard thing with being professional and being remote is those big conversations. And when I say big conversations, I mean things like getting a promotion, taking on a new digital tool, a new project or initiative, having a conversation about another person in the office. These conversations still need to happen. We've Some of us have been quarantined since March, but that doesn't mean that there hasn't been big conversations that need to be had this entire year in 2020, and we can't miss those, but they're not gonna be in person. So how do we make those big conversations still professional? And the biggest thing I've got for you, documentation. Documents, documents, documents. I know it's not fun. I know nobody, well, maybe not nobody, but most people don't absolutely love writing up documents, whether it's just bullet points or huge pages of documentation for a tool or some kind of documentation of why you deserve a promotion. It's not fun. 
I don't like writing paragraphs and paragraphs of that shit. I'd rather be writing paragraphs and paragraphs of a book. But that is still the biggest way to get things in front of someone. You're not going to be in person. You're not going to have that body language of professional like aspect. You're not going to be bumping into them casually in the office to have like a couple small conversations to put the bug in their ear because you just bumped into them before eventually laying down the law and having the big conversation about your team or about a promotion or about a project or initiative. Those little casual moments, those natural moments that happen in person aren't happening. And so how are you going to have big conversations so that they're still professional, so that whoever you're having this conversation with doesn't feel offended, that you're presenting it in the right way, and also presenting your case, whether it's a promotion or a project. How do you present your case so that it's clear? Because yeah, you can give a little presentation, but not everyone listens in and out. You need to have actual documentation of like the who, what, where, when, and why. Because this is the takeaway. This is you proving why this should happen, how it will affect things, what impact, what it will solve. You need documentation. And there might not be a perfect template for you at your company, so make one, look one up. It just needs to be a Word document. Don't go into Canva and make something crazy. It just needs to be readable on Word, but you need to make those documents. We are making documents right now to add more people to our team, and so we need to have like, all right, here's the current role. Here's what's been added to the role that wasn't in the original job description. Here is what is taking up so much time and where we can either delegate the easier tasks or where these tasks need another professional skill set to be doing them even better than they're being done now. And to expand our team, now that we can't really just sit down and have these conversations or kind of poke the bear whenever we run into our higher ups of, hey, this is busy, that's busy. Like they can't see the stress on my face while I'm working and they're not really noticing me staying into the in the office one or two hours after because we're not all in a room. So I got to document it because they're not seeing it and I can't just run into them. So I've got to make note of it. You've got to record it. Record, record, record is such a big remote thing, whether it's an email recording on a project of saying like, I don't think you passed me that document or I don't think that you told me that I needed to get this done. Actually, I can reference that from this email because I have it recorded in writing in this email. (laughs) Recording is so important to make sure that not only you're professional, but you're setting yourself up to do your best work and to prove that you're doing your best work and that no one can say that you're not just because you're remote. And a huge part of that is documentation in general. But documents are now going to replace a lot of those big conversations or get them to happen. So I can't just organically kind of create conversations now with higher ups. And so I have to make a formal document of the who, what, where, when, and why to get their attention, to show them I've spent time on it so it clearly matters, and to get something in front of them because I can't be in front of them. Since you cannot be in front of them to show them how hard you're working, to run into them and tell them how hard you're working, you have to find a way to show them and that is documentation. And then you can send that document to them and say, hey, please look over this. I really want to talk about this. Can I set up a meeting time? And then they say, yes, you set up a meeting time. You have the presentation in a couple weeks. And then you really have that conversation. But you have to have that first initial way to get the idea in front of them for these big conversations. And the way to do that is clear, concise, well thought out documentation. Going back to video chats, we talked about dressing, but you know what's honestly just as important as dressing? Your background and your surroundings, okay? I've seen some embarrassing offices or really, really messy shelving where I can barely pay attention to the person giving me a demo because I just keep staring about how fucking cluttered their bookshelf is behind their head. Ugh. I know that not everyone is going to have their own personal office. My husband and I are fortunate that we have a three bedroom and no kids. So we each have our own office and we have a guest house. So we have workout supplies and a guest bed out there. So fortunate, very fortunate. But even if you don't have a formal workspace or you just work at your dining table, 
You need to make sure that whatever's behind you looks okay. It cannot be super, super cluttered. Obviously, you can't have some kind of like offensive thing. I know that we're at home and you can decorate your home however you want, but like don't have something in the background that could be offensive to someone that is maybe funny to you and your family, but wouldn't be funny to others. Or something that, you know, my husband and I have our silly childish sides and stuff that we like. You know, maybe don't use the background where you, you know, have like your super nerd out stuff, right? Like I have some artwork that, you know, there's some boobies. So I'm going to not put the webcam where my booby artwork is, even though it's beautiful, because that's not appropriate. And my husband has some like super nerdy little like tchotchkes and stuff, but like maybe we won't have his webcam going towards those or going towards like the posters of video game stuff. Everyone knows you play it, but you don't know who you're talking to. If you're talking to someone on your team, they probably play video games with you. But if you're talking to a VP, maybe they don't wanna see like those posters. Maybe you wanna be a little bit more professional. It all kind of goes back to the idea of, yes, you're working from home, but separating that work from home isn't just for your own mental health and your personal life. Separating that personal life and your work situation is also to be professional. If you integrate it too much, then you are just absolutely risking getting too casual and sharing way too much of your personal life with people that are clients or people that are higher up in your company that you want to impress and putting off a bad impression. And the background of your scene setting when you're on a video chat, yeah, that's setting a tone and showing who you are. And it cannot be too personal. It needs to be clean and organized, just like, you know, people judge people on their messy desks or cubicles at work. And it needs to have a professional setting. You literally are your from the waist up bust and your background. That's you. That's you now. That's the representation of you as a professional person. So it needs to be semi-professional, I urge you. (sighs) When we want to talk about being productive in terms of professionalism, and making sure that we don't do one of the least professional things during work, which is dropping the ball. I always suggest lists, but beyond just like organization, make sure you're not multitasking too much. If you are multitasking too much, which is so easy to do if you work from home, because so many things can grab your attention and it's not people coming up to you, so it's harder to separate. It's a Slack message, it's an email, it's something else. It's harder sometimes to stop because it's all on one screen. And if you start multitasking too much, like being in a meeting and chatting with someone and trying to type some kind of email, then you're gonna not be able to be fully there and professional for any of those three. And it seems so tempting to multitask, especially when you're in a meeting that you don't need to really be doing anything. There's not going to be a takeaway for you. You're just literally listening. It's so easy to multitask. And I'm, you know, I do it all the time too. But try not to, because I know no one can see you multitasking. And so you're like, I just really want to get this shit done. This really, this meeting doesn't relate to me anyway. I'm not even going to have to talk or speak up. But still keep in mind and be aware of how much you are multitasking. Because if you do it too much, then your work won't be as strong or as professional. And then God forbid they do call on you in the meeting and you haven't been listening and then you're fucked. And that really doesn't look professional. (laughs) So try not to multitask too much. And sometimes what would help is making that list of like what must get done each day. Because you could get so distracted since you are in a space that's both work and personal working remote. So make sure each day you just know what you absolutely have to get done. If you get more done, great. But it'll help you make sure you don't drop the ball, which is not professional, and that you don't multitask so much because you're like, when you prioritize things, then you're not sitting there like, oh, I need to get this done and now this and now this. You say, okay, this is what I have to get done today. And anything else random that pops up while I'm working on this or while I'm in a meeting can wait. 
And so that'll help you not multitask and be professional in every single aspect. While you're working, going sort of back to that equipment and tools, make sure all of your supplies are in reach. That's another really important thing when we're kind of talking about keeping it professional and separating that personal life. A lot of our tools are, of course, on the computer, so it's all in reach. But if you need anything, whether it is some kind of like post-it notes or a pen to sign documents, or if you are a creative that's working more with your hands or in some kind of physical job, it's always helpful to keep those supplies within reach so that you don't have to go run around your house looking for them. (laughs) It's gonna not only halt your professionalism, but your creative process, your thinking process, and it's just never, it's just not a good situation. So make sure that you have all of your supplies, if not in the exact like desk space, at least within reach in the same room where you know where they are so that you don't have to like interrupt your work or interrupt a meeting to go search for something because that gets really unprofessional. Obviously, if we're in an office that we go to every day, then all of those supplies are just in our nice little assigned cubicle. (laughs) But things tend to get spread out when you work remote. So make sure that things aren't too spread out and that anything you're gonna need for a meeting or a task is within reach so you don't completely break away from your thinking and lose your train of thought and your motivation. And so you aren't running around like a chicken with your head cut off and looking very unprofessional in a meeting because you don't have something you need in front of you. And bottom line, don't talk about your personal life too much. It's so tough if you are working remote to not like have it all bleed together. And, you know, especially with your own teams, maybe you might be creating that kind of environment where you're closer. And sometimes that's fun. Like there are positives to working remote and knowing someone as like a human being instead of just another cog in the wheel that you work with. But still make sure that you are keeping boundaries and not talking about your personal life too much. Not only so you don't embarrass yourself by accidentally letting something slip because you're just like so comfortable and casual now and then you literally just ruin a boundary you've set for yourself and let something very embarrassing about your personal life slip, but also especially with people that are higher up in your company or your clients, don't talk up don't talk about your personal life any more than you would and any other kind of water cooler talk or meeting or shooting the shit down the hall. Don't talk about it any more than you would have previously to working remote. It is nice to see the human in everyone and it is nice to see kind of everyone's clean, organized, professional backgrounds in their video chats, in their webcams behind them. It's neat to see those sides of people and it, it's more personal, you know, than just the tchotchkes on your desks. But you really need to be careful from a professional standpoint that you don't bleed that line. Because mentally, that's going to hurt your boundaries. And professionally, it could literally hurt your success. Because there are just silly things and beliefs and events and drama that happen in our lives that just don't belong in the office. And even if we're working at a home office, when you sit down to work or you sit down to go into a meeting remotely, you are still in the office and you've got to still have that mindset and not let your personal life totally bleed into it just because you're working remote. It is so important for your professional self and your professional development. So just be very careful what you're sharing and make sure you are not oversharing any more than you would with that typical work relationship. I know with my team, We are close, you know, we still of course keep certain boundaries, but we have tried weekly to have like Thursday late afternoon meetings. And so if you do have the opportunity to have these kind of team meetings over video chat, this is where I kind of say, take the rest with a grain of salt because you always wanna try to bond with your team when you can. So if there is an opportunity, even if you're feeling cranky or overworked or not up for it, If there is an opportunity to meet over video chat with your team once a week or once every other week, do it. I used to think like thinking, oh, inner team networking is like sounded so stupid. But when you're working remote, you're not sitting next to these people every day like normal. It is really important. You need to talk with them 
other than work stuff. And there's, of course, going to be some people on your team, maybe your work wife or work husband, where that kind of connection and conversation comes organically, no matter if you're working remote or not. You just start chatting each other or something. But there's plenty of people on your team that you work well with, that you like, that that's not going to come organically if you're not in the same office. So if there are those team meetings, join them, even if it's video chat, because it's just really, really, really smart to do. And if you don't have one of those set up, ask your team about starting one because it's going to keep morale up. It's going to keep the team together. It's going to make sure you don't have high turnover. And it, you need to be able to talk to everyone, not just about work. It's so good to keep those relationships more than just work. Again, don't talk too much about your personal life and make sure that you're still being professional in the background of your webcam, but it is so powerful to still make sure you're meeting with your teams, having video chats to celebrate big wins, things like that, because you're not just all sitting in the same room anymore. And then if you guys listened to last episode, my sweet little willow bear, my German shepherd, Willow Barked, and you might hear her groaning in the background right now. <laughs> if you do, my final tip if you're working from home, which should be a given, but not always, put your animals, especially your dog, in your office or get them away from the fucking windows where they're going to bark at people. Obviously, if you're working all day, like whatever, I, your work environment is your work environment. But if you're going to get on a meeting and you're probably going to have to talk, just put your animal in your office with you or put them in a room where there's not a window so they're not going to start barking. I have done this myself where I'm like, oh, she'll be fine. It's not the time of the day when the mailman comes. And then like Amazon comes or a neighbor walks outside and she starts barking and I'm in the middle of the call and I'm like, holy fuck, what do I do right now? Don't set yourself up for that. This just goes back to the way to be your most professional self is to set yourself up to do your best work and not be stressed during or after something. So put your animal in a place when you know you have a meeting coming up where they're not going to bark, where they're not going to make a bunch of noise, and it's not going to be a noise that anyone on the phone can hear. Avoid that stress and that fucking panic mode of when your dog starts barking in the middle of you speaking during a meeting, especially a client facing one. And just do that ahead of time. Don't say, oh no, I'm just going to start this meeting. It'll be fine. They won't bark. They're, then that's when they're going to bark. <laughs> Put your dog in your office. Prepare yourself. <sighs> I hope that has refueled you and given you a little tips for getting back into work mode after the holidays. I hope you're all shopping small now that all of us are probably last minute shopping for the holidays, Hanukkah, Christmas, what have you. But I want to give my shout out this week to a new brewery in my area. I am particular about breweries because I don't like the kind of, I don't know what standard beers. Like I don't love IPAs like everyone loves. I don't really like wheat beers. I like ambers and I like Scottish ales and things like that. I don't even really usually like normal ales. And yeah, I'll do like an oatmeal stout, but not when I want to like get drunk or have a couple. Like you just sip those things. You're not going to have three. So I'm very particular about breweries and I get annoyed when we go to one and there's like, you know, three wheats, four IPAs and a porter. And I'm like, I don't really want any of those. <laughs> Like, give me a Scottish, give me an Amber, give me a, a brown that's not a porter. I just, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and we went, one of our last things we did before we were like, all right, we're locking down again. We're not even going to go kind of outside. There's a new brewery that has like a bunch of outdoor seating in uh, Roosevelt Row, which is a very popular drinking area in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. If you're in Phoenix, Arizona, and you are comfortable drinking outside, not everyone is, we're not doing that anymore, there's an amazing brewery that is 
woman owned, which is, hey, amazing. And it's called Greenwood Brewing. And not only did I love the atmosphere and the outdoor space, because there's two outdoor spaces, but hello, I found out it was woman owned after we went. And I was like, how exciting is that? Everyone was so sweet that worked there. And to just find out that it was woman owned was extra special. I feel like breweries are always owned by men and so many women love beer and brew beer. I know multiple women who have worked at a brewery um, or something like that. Um, literally, I can think of two right now. And I know one woman that literally knows how to brew beer. And so I love that women are getting more into it professionally because they already know how to do it. They already love it, but now they're making it themselves. And so again, it's called Greenwood Brewing in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's woman-owned. And I loved their just their variety. They had almost every kind of drink and I got the Harvest Ale because, I mean, it's fall. Oh, so good. And they do this wonderful thing that I love and I know my past work wife will love if she's listening. They dip the rim in honey and then put like cinnamon and other sugars and like spices on top. And it's, oh my God, it's so good. It's the best kind of fall beer ever is when they coat the rim with, with something sweet and some yummy cinnamon type like spices and fall spices. So giving that shout out to the amazing five-star review for Greenwood Brewing, a woman-owned brewery that just opened in Phoenix, Arizona. So now that we're all set up mentally to get back into work, we know how to kind of put our professional brain and hats back on, even if we're working for remotely to get through this next month, month and a half. We're there, we've got this. We now know that we have a woman-owned brewery if we live in Phoenix that we can go to to get a drink or two or three after we've been professional all damn day. We got this. Continue your self-care. Set yourself up to be professional so you're not just like, like, no, I want to be comfy and then fucking yourself over when someone wants to video chat <laughs> or your dog's barking in the background. Set yourself up. It's the best form of self-care is to just prepare yourself and like just literally take care of yourself. You know, you wouldn't go hiking without the proper equipment. So don't enter the work day without the proper setup or equipment or dress that someone could totally throw you for a loop and make you more stressed. No one needs to be more stressed. It's 2020 and it's the holidays. So put on your professional hat. We got this. We can get through this. So, and if not, join me for a beer virtually. <laughs> Hope you had an amazing holiday last weekend and don't forget to keep on working your ass off and leave your mark.